Welcome to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We talk about the intersection of parenting and technology. Everything you need to know about raising kids in the digital age. This is Parenting Bites. Welcome to Parenting Bites. This is Rebecca Levy of KidsViews.com. I'm here in the studio with Amy Oztan of Amy Ever After. Hello. Hello. And Andrew Smith, technology gadget guru extraordinaire. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Um, so we, this is, um, we're recording on the Tuesday before the inauguration. And there is a lot going on um, all around the country in all different ways. And so we thought we would talk about protesting with your kids, um, whether to include ki- if you're going to the march or protesting the other way, if you are one of those people who are protesting the protests. <laughs> um, but this idea that should kids attend protests, how should they attend a protest um, or a march? Maybe it's not a protest. Maybe you think of it more as just shouting out your your views. Go mm-hmm. for that, too. Um and there was a great article in HuffPo that we're going to kind of dive down into about that. And then we're going to talk about if your kids really just want to get involved. Um, maybe it's not about marching. Maybe it's not. Maybe marching or protesting and that kind of stuff doesn't feel proactive enough. Um, there are certainly people who aren't going to the marches who are saying it's because they feel like it's a giant waste of time and they would rather use their resources, money, time, whatever, in other ways. I know a lot of people who are going to the local ones for that reason. Yes. They can save those resources, donate them, but still participate. Right. Um, so, you know, so we have some really good ideas on how your kids can get involved, particularly um, locally, which I think is is probably key to yep. the teacher kids the that they can make a grassroots. difference. Grassroots. Yeah. And then a lot of times it's your neighbor who needs help. It's not just someone in a far off place who seems exotic and different from you. Um, it could be your friend at school. You don't even know it. So anyway, let's dive down into this. We um, had this article in HuffPo called 11 Tips for Protesting with Kids from Veteran Moms. And Olivia Higgins, the founder of Queerly Elementary, um, and some other parents gathered 11 tips to help families navigate the process of attending a protest. And the first thing was, which is probably really basic, but I could imagine that maybe people don't do it, is explain why you are protesting. So... I thought this was really interesting because one of the things they said was to discuss your family values with your children and how these are motivating you to attend the march. Um, you know, they might think like, it said like talk at kids level. Like if you say we're fighting against injustice and they hear the word fight to a kid, they might be scared and think mm-hmm. that means physical violence. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so. It, they were saying, like, take something like we are demonstrating against unjust wars and turn it into, like, we are marching because we believe in peace. Um, something that's a little more positive and And saying concrete. what the family believes in. Yes. You know, these are our values, teaching your core values. Because I imagine some kids, if they don't want to do it, they might just say, well, I don't agree with that, you know, so I don't want to go or whatever. And so I think, to, to their point, explaining this is what our family feels is important and we're going to do this as a family. But right. that's, that brings up an interesting question. Do you force them to go? Because I made my kids go to a march a couple of years ago. Like, I just, I thought it was something that they should experience and neither of them really wanted to go it was a really cold day not a great day to walk across the Brooklyn Bridge with signs but I I made them go I don't think I'd make them go again like they did it once I think now. if you made them go once to experience it and say you know I want you to experience this once and then you can make your own decision after you've done it and, mm-hmm. and see how you feel yeah so here's what's interesting about that do you feel like your kids 
would now say, I don't want to go to another? Or do you think because you did make them go that day that they're probably proud that they went, um, that it's probably something they may tell, not their own kids someday, but like maybe friends later on or friends who are questioning whether people around them believe in them or whatever it is and say like, you know what, I marched across the bridge. I didn't want to do it. It was cold as hell. My mom made me go. But yeah, like she couldn't I, find a place with hot chocolate afterwards, right. like she promised. <laughs> um, but uh, sometimes kids get something else out of it. That's a good question. Know? I need to ask them now that they've had, you know, now that it's it's been a couple of years, because I, I'm not sure, but I have a feeling it would depend on the topic. Right. Like it, it, for something like the Women's March, I hope my daughter would be interested in going, but she's not generally political, so I don't know. I, you know, there's. I haven't decided if I'm going yet, and I, I'm going to leave it up to her. But I, I've i actually been scared to ask her because I don't want to be disappointed in her answer. I know it's horrible. Right. She's 12. I shouldn't put that on right. her. Like I, <laughs> I have so many friends who have these really politically aware kids, and my daughter isn't. And I think that's fine most of the time, but I would love for her to be excited about something like this. Right. You know, it's interesting. Because my parents um, were products of the 60s and never went to a single hmm. demonstration, march, whatever. They were just total kitchen table, um, you know, like spouters at the TV, kind of, <laughs> you know, whatever. Um, so I obviously knew where they stood politically, but they certainly never did a single thing about it. Um, and they were at Michigan when Abby Hoffman was there, <laughs> you know, and all those people. Like, that's, you know, they had no excuse. Um, but... It didn't matter that they didn't march. Like, because I grew up in Park Slope. There were plenty of people marching every day for something. Yeah. Um, and when I was in high school, there were a lot of marches in New York going on because of the police brutality and all the stuff that was going on then, ironically enough, which is now 30 years later still going on. But those were there were a lot of marches, the beatings in Howard Beach, mm-hmm. like the things that were going on. And I had a lot of friends who went. And I didn't go. And really because I was totally scared to go. I was just totally scared of oh, the yeah. thought of violence breaking out or crowds because I hate Do you think that's crowds. because your parents never took you to any? But I do. I think if my parents had taken me yeah. to some and they had gone well, I wouldn't have felt that way. Um, but I think, you know, there's so much hype around these things about the potential for violence, about the potential. You know, even now with the Women's March, you hear, like, all the groups who are going to show up to counter-protest. And right. my daughters are nervous. Well, I mean, I we were at a movie. My daughter and her friend and I, um, we were just coming out of a movie when the Black Lives Matter protest in New York was when the march was, was passing by where we were. We didn't go to it. It was literally on the street where the movie was letting out. And... We stopped and watched for a while, and the girls seemed really interested, but the crowds were huge, and I I started to think, like, I have somebody else's kid here with me. Should I be doing that? It's like, come on, guys, let's hop in the subway. Let's go home. Mostly because I had somebody else's kid, and I didn't have permission to, like, bring her to a protest. So if anything had happened, you know? Right, because I think sometimes, you know, we don't see enough, and I think the Black Lives Matter protests are the perfect example because they were so especially here in New York like, it was so peaceful so Nothing peaceful happened. so well done so like well organized everything about it um, but when you think of protests you think of the 60s right yes. you think of those like the fire hoses being unleashed mm-hmm. and the dogs and like, yeah you think of Penn State you think of like the crazy mayhem of that um, and it's just not the truth right I mean it's very hard to find a modern protest where that's true but I, I think there's always going to be a faction you know uh, a splinter faction that has the potential for, to create violence. Right. But I, I don't think 
that it's such. Well, I think anytime a, you have crowds, you have a potential not just for violence, but really just panic. Mm-hmm. Um, I worry more about panic yeah. than violence. And, actually. I need to, and I think just having kids with you make like if I had yeah. been coming out of that movie alone, I would have just joined the march. Right. You know, right. but I was. But I was, you're responsible for other people. Yeah. yeah. And and it was a little bit overwhelming for a couple of little girls. So along those lines, one of the tips is sit back and watch. Mm-hmm. Um, if a child is getting tired, overstimulated, move to the side, take a seat, and just watch other marchers for a few minutes and if you can't remove have your child focus on something they can control like watching people's feet or sing a song (laughs) find something to count you know like you you don't have to have your kid like waving everything all the time and they Mm -hmm. said also like let your kid make the signs if you want to carry a sign make it a child friendly sign sign too you know maybe hands hands off my uterus (laughs) is not for your six year old you know um, and then every my friend on Facebook also said snacks. Snacks are mm-hmm. key. They said there could be there's such waiting um, because before you actually start to march, like there's so much organizing and gathering and waiting. Have everyone use the bathroom. Yes, <laughs> and dress for, for the weather. Dress for the weather. Sunscreen if it's the summer. Weather, you know, cold. Wear lots of layers. Um, and they were saying it could be cold, but you might get really hot as you walk and mm-hmm. I know also this says like backpacks your hands are free but a lot of protests won't allow any bags yeah I think so they're they're very like for for this weekend you can bring like very very small bags. Yeah. it's way smaller than a backpack totally small and oh, um, so I could bring my fanny pack yes it's a perfect time for a fanny pack <laughs> or the mini backpack yes. yeah. <laughs> bring an ovary pack there you <laughs> go place it over your ovaries protection um bring cash because they were saying that sometimes there are like a lot of vendors selling right. t-shirts and stuff and pretzel I mean, guy now I feel like more people take square and have the little square reader on their yeah thing. you can probably still use your credit but card cash is probably king on a march and you're not going to be able to get to the ATM and all that um, and then they kept saying check in with your child so don't assume because your child's ready to go in the beginning that your child's going to make it especially if it's a march a long mm-hmm. way and especially when you're a little kid in a march can't even see anything other than other people's legs right that's got to be weird and overwhelming i was thinking about that because my sister is bringing her daughter in the stroller Mm. um and she's almost four and like especially in a stroller you're really people are going to be tripping over the stroller all you're going to see is legs so we already decided like we're going to hang on the edge so that no matter what we can we can leave right um you know because sometimes you don't need to make it the entire two or three mile whatever it is um because the other problem is, don't forget when you're marching, there's a lot of people behind and a lot of people in front. Mm-hmm. And so at some point, it stops because everyone reaches the end. Mm-hmm. But they don't like end and then go like, see ya, next group come in. It's like the right. marathon. So if everyone's rallying at the end, you're never going to make it to the end. Mm-hmm. And now you're just in a sea of right. people. So. Mm-hmm. The other thing that. that mentioned that I really liked was talk to your kids afterwards. Yes. You know, right. why them, are you going? Yes, you which, which I did not do. What did you think about that? You know, are you glad we went? Would you go to another Amy one? Amy didn't want to know. <laughs> I didn't. They were so mad at me because of the hot chocolate and it being cold. But right. I need to talk to them about the actual issue. I forced my son to go to the opera once when we had tickets. I was like, you just got to do it once in your life. I'm sorry. Hey, he could have <laughs> had like... his pretty woman moment and discovered that he loved exactly. it. Exactly. <laughs> Everyone always loves it in the movies. <laughs> um, wear matching outfits. 
So I thought that was smart too. That is T-shirts, smart. T-shirts, hats, brightly colored. Especially clothes. if you lose someone, harder. you need to know exactly what they're wearing. Right, harder, harder in winter. Well, you could do hats. Hats. So gloves. everyone's gonna be wearing scarves. everybody's gonna don't if you want to do matching hats, don't, don't make pink. it a pink pussy hat because yeah, yeah. everyone's going to be wearing. Everybody's that. wearing those hats. So um, even my four-year-old niece has one. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe pick something else or get one of those little flags at the tour guide. <laughs> We're over here. Um, know when to leave. So we talked about that. You know, don't wait to see if something's going to happen if you feel like the mood of the protest is turning. Yeah. Just go with your instincts um, and don't engage if you are um, have direct opposition mm-hmm. coming at you, which is also really important. Because yeah. I think, you know, you've explained, let's say you've explained what your family's values are and you want your, your child may or may not agree, but like you're hoping to bring them so they form their own opinion or whatever you want to say to them. And then they get there and there's just as many people saying the opposite. Mm-hmm. That could be really confusing for a kid, um, especially if those people are angry mm-hmm. whenever. So I think you might need to prepare them for that too, that like there's some people who feel very differently and that's the right to free speech and we're just not going to engage them or talk to them or mm-hmm. look at their strange posters with disturbing images on them or whatever it is. Um, do you guys remember, I don't, so growing up in New York, Andrew, you probably remember, there were like those anti-porn women. Do you remember them? They used to be by Columbus Circle back when Columbus Circle was really disgusting when it was that Coliseum thing. Yeah. Um, and they used to stand outside, they were like anti-porn, but they would have these horrendous images blown up of like the worst but no but like bonded like the worst grossest like the crap you find on the internet now that you're like why is that there why did my kids stumble on that like and they would hold them up so it was like women that were like bound like turkey you know whatever it was so traumatic it's all i think about all the time because i don't know who they were trying to convert with that right but it was but that happen so there's things like that that happen at protests where you have the counter protest and that's not even like that's even a weird one because they just stood out there all the time with their whatever LaRue dude like him too like the weird libertarian guy how did I miss this I don't know it was when it was like Columbus Circle was like a homeless encampment I wasn't allowed to go the west side (laughs) (laughs) um but you your kids I mean in New York your kids see a lot yeah before they should and they read a lot of advertisements about things that they might have questions about but I would say if you're from other parts of the country and your kids really aren't prepared, like they should be prepared. And if you're going to a march that's about something in particular that might have sexual connotation, you know, just in some ways, even if it's reproductive rights, even if it's, you know, Black Lives Matter, if people might have very graphic signs mm-hmm. um, about racial injustice, like prepare them for that too, mm-hmm. just because you don't know. Mm-hmm. You don't know. Um, plan for separation. I thought that one was key. That's key. Have a place you're going to meet. Yep. If that happens, I think one thing they didn't mention, maybe they touched on it, was um, talk to your kids about what the goal of the march is, not just about what we believe, but like what are we trying to do with this? Because sometimes, right. sometimes I, I, I have trouble figuring out in my own head, like why are we doing this? What is our goal? What is the the movement's purpose? So figure yeah. that out with your kid. That's really important. And then the other thing was, which is always the case with kids, be prepared. Right. Know what the schedule is. Know what the route is to the march. Um, have your kid have phone numbers tucked into their pocket. Yeah. So if they get and lost, this would be one of those numbers. times where your kid definitely needs to have their own cell phone. Yes. Or um, they, they suggested putting it on their arm in a Sharpie. But this would also be a good time for those temporary tattoos you can buy. Right. Let's link to yeah. somewhere like it has all of your information on it. Yeah. You 
stick that on your kids. Or arm. you could just do what they do with the school f- field trips, right? It's you put the thing around their neck, their neck mm-hmm. with the big index Tuck card, in their coat. right? Like Paddington. Yeah. If lost, because you don't want some stranger to. going, "Hi, Abby," you know, right? Your mom said I should come get right. you, yeah. right? Because you know, marches are. Yeah. Pl- yeah, I mean, anytime you have a crowd, there's weirdos. It's mm-hmm. just how it is. And the be prepared thing also was a, kind of what we touched back. If you can't bring a bag, if you don't be the surprised mom who like thought you were bringing sunscreen and and a big snacks, cooler of snacks, cooler and drinks, and then you get there and they're like, "You can't have your purse." Um, so be prepared. And I think, I don't know, I want to hear from, it looked like a lot of people are taking their kids this weekend to the March and Washington, certainly in my little Facebook Good. bubble. I think that'll be a mitigating factor in the craziness. I, I hope that there'll be a I, lot of children. Yeah, I feel like the more kids are there, the more people, the more things, the less likely it is to get crazy. Right. We'll see. Um, I hope so. I certainly don't want anything to happen. I have to say I was a little disturbed, but not just surprised that the one in New York is ending at Trump Tower. I just kind of felt like, really? Yeah. I mean, it seems so yeah. lame. I don't know. It's just like, does everything have to end at Trump Tower? Yeah. Um, he's all not roads, even going to be all there. All roads lead to Trump Tower. But if I, I'll, I'll hop off before <coughs> that and get on the subway and go uh, We're totally jumping off before that. My sister and I already decided. I'm like, first of all, they have staggered times, which I think is smart because it's so many people. But... Yeah, how many people are going to make it to Trump Tower? Like nobody, like a quarter of the Where march. Where does it start? It starts at Dag Hammersold, Dag Hammersold down near the UN. So you walk all the way west yeah. from First Avenue and then up Fifth Avenue and then up Fifth Avenue gotcha. from Forty Second Street. So it goes down to Forty Second and then across to Fifth and then up Fifth Avenue. So I feel like we'll make it to Fifth Avenue. Is my bet? <laughs> then <laughs> I'll go to that. Bryant Park and go to right. the carousel. Oh, that's where I want to start because I hate going all the way to the east. I side. don't know if you can. You can't just join it. I don't. There's a different. There are certain places where you can join it, and that's it. Oh, I'm gonna have to find out so where because I definitely don't want to go all the way. And to it's the not UN. there. I think it's further up. Okay. Oh, okay. Further um, up is fine. Yeah. Why? You should go, well, whatever. We can talk about the subway system. <laughs> Where you can get off the subway. subway. I just hate go- going to the east side. I just do. I hear you. Hmm. Um, so. She said, to the Upper East Side, born and raised girl. Right. But it no, is. It's a pain in the from ass. From Brooklyn, it's, a, it's always it's three a trains. It's total pain. It's yeah. always it's three bad. trains. I mean, I have to say, the Second Avenue subway, I mean... I, I wish my mom was was here to see it. I mean, that has been in the making for so long and would have made my life so easy. Mm. Yeah, take the Second Avenue subway. Second Avenue subway. Um, I will not be marching, but I have a good reason. When it's the only reason I'm not marching is. We're going to the Dominican Republic. You can march there. And we're kind of march on the beach. Well, we're going with friends, and so my girlfriend and I are like, we'll march, and I'm really excited that I'm going to miss the inauguration because. You know, in journalism, in in the news business, I mean, that's every year, you know, like you cover it every four years, you see it, you watch it. And I'm just so glad that I will have an excuse not to be able to watch it. Yeah, Yeah. I'm not watching it. But anyway, um, (laughs) I can't just not. Um, So let's just say your kids, they're not interested in marching. They don't want to protest, but they do want to be involved. They do want to feel like they can make a difference, um, which I think is generally true of kids all the time I think the follow through is a different story yes but I think the impulse is always there in young children um so um before Christmas Ron Lieber who we've talked about before he Mm -hmm. wrote he didn't write affluenza did he write affluenza he wrote um the book a couple years ago about why you should talk to your kids about money Mm -hmm. honestly oh yeah we talked about that book I don't can't remember if he wrote affluenza but he wrote that book oh you're right all that we talked about which was like 
spread it out on the table, tell your kids how much you make, show them how much your bills are, and everyone was like, oh my God, I can't do that. And he was like, otherwise, how can you just say to your kids, we can't afford that, we can't do that, like, they should understand. So anyway, um, he wrote a great piece in the New York Times called Six Ways to Give the Gift of Generosity to Children and Teenagers. Mm. Um, And this was in the Your Money column. And this was, so first of all, I love this idea that by doing this with your kids, you're giving them a gift, Mm -hmm. which is teaching them how to be generous, which is a great thing. And there's all those studies, if you just want to be totally selfish about it, (laughs) ironically enough, that show that people who are generous and involved in their communities are actually happier and have lower rates of depression. And teaching a little altruism to your kids, you know, as opposed to just the me, 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 and how do I make my life better? How do you help make other people's lives better? It's very hard for tweens and teens to see beyond themselves. I mean, Boys at heart, um, and it's just natural, I think. But as a parent, you want to like pull your hair out. Um, so he kind of had something similar to the first thing we talked about with the march, which was like your family values. And his first thing is like your family history. Um, your where, what has your family been given? Um, you know, what? How have you been helped? Every family has a something in a way that that has happened, or most families, 99.9% mm-hmm. um, have a way in their family history where someone helped and was, you know, showed generosity at a time that was really important. Um, and, you know, he even included that he, like, received financial aid. Like, mm-hmm. that is something you don't think of, but, like, without that generosity from the school or the government or whatever it was, like, he wouldn't have gone to college. Um, you know, having a mom who survived breast cancer, like because they had great, you know, medical care, uh, things like that. Um, and then talking about having a meaningful family conversation about a charitable budget. So mm-hmm. when you're talking to your kids about the fact that you have food and housing and education costs and travel, you know, whatever it is your family does, think about having a charitable budget. I mean, for a lot of people, they believe in 10%. Like that that's just your sort of standard you your give tithe. Yeah. Yeah. Um in Judaism it's your Sadaka. Sadaka, I was just um, gonna say that. And so your ten percent goes to charity. And I know when we started doing our kids allowance, that's how we mm-hmm. did it. We portioned it. We did the thirty, 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 ten. So it was like thirty to spend, thirty to save, thirty to invest, ten to give. And at the end of the year, the investment money you put it in a whatever mutual fund or whatever they want to do, and the ten percent they get to choose the charity they want. Um, it's a really good, like, simple way to live your life, <laughs> to know mm-hmm. that. It's, I don't know how realistic it is. Like, I know for us, we're always like, oh, someone asked for money for something. Oh, yeah, give to that, give to that. You know, certainly after the election, we're like, what else can I give to you? And <laughs> couldn't give to enough things. Um, but I think it's an interesting thing to do as a family to sit I down. I think it's interesting to do as a family because, so when my son was uh, in Sunday school, you know, and learned about Sadaka, and there was the Sadaka box every week. And he, you know, he'd say to me, Mom, I need money for the Sadaka box because, of course, it had to come from me, not right. from him. <laughs> and, you know, for their bar mitzvah, and I think many temples do this, but, you know, all the kids had a mitzvah project. You had mm-hmm. to come up with some mitzvah, which is a good deed. Um, and it was amazing to see how many kids wanted to p- support the Bergen Ramapo Animal Shelter. Like mm-hmm. that's what it was, you know. Right. It's always um, that, especially it's for girls. Always that. Girls you know, always it's on never, it, you know, because it's easy and it, and they can see that it makes a difference and right. it's nice and it's a way to learn. I mean, I remember we had a big collection box and we took it over and I made our centerpieces. I thought, well, let's just buy. 
dog and cat food, and we'll wrap them up in cellophane, and those will be the centerpieces. (laughs) Yay, I'll save money. But um, I think what happens is kids get so caught up in that, and then they move on, and they forget, you know, like... They forget to do that. They forget that it should be a part of their lives, that they should be giving back. And I think that um, if you do it as a family where you're really brought up constantly thinking about 10% of what you have needs to go somewhere, you know, I think it makes a a more lasting impact. He had a really good um, thing, which was to take 100 beans, Mm -hmm. and then that's $100, and as a family, you divide up the beans. Mm -hmm. And so you say for every $100 we give, and maybe $100 is what you can give for your year, whatever it is, then you just split it up or however many beans you can afford, but let your kids help split it up. I think what's interesting about this is my kids have no idea how much money we give to charity because it's just us giving money. Mm -hmm. And it is interesting because most charities will tell you they want the money. That's what they want. They don't yeah. want you sending clothes. They don't want your old right. crap. Nope. They don't want your books. They don't want that stuff. They don't want you all volunteering but it's on so Thanksgiving at the right. soup kitchen. They have more than enough volunteers, right? So what they want is the money because it's the most effective mm-hmm. means of giving and the most means, you know, effective means of dispersing it. But it's the least effective method of teaching your kids, right. I think. But well, I think... Go ahead. Oh, I, I was just, I, we, I had such good intentions, like with everything. Um, <laughs> when we started My Kids on Allowance, um, we chose to, to donate each month to take care of a child in South America. It, it was Christian Children's Fund back then. What is that now? It's not Christian Children's Fund anymore. Whatever it is. Is that Save the Children now? Mm, I can't remember. I feel like Save the Children is always Save the Children. No, that was always Save the Children. Whatever it is, it used to be Christian Children's Fund okay. when we started. And um, not that that's important to the story, but um, my goal was that there would, they would connect with this actual person. Like, what you, you actually correspond with the actual person that you're supporting and their family, and you can send them birthday cards, and it's set up really great. And we never did that part. Right. Like that was that right. was why we chose to do that so that they could learn by connecting with this person who they were helping and we never followed through on that part. So now it's just like money taken out of their allowance every week. Right. You know, it's it's kind of meaningless. Without a tangible right. Right. what is it doing? So yeah. one of the things he talked about was school based too, which I think is really interesting because that's mm-hmm. one of my daughter's schools has a partner school, which is a super high poverty rate school um in Queens. And what they do is they I don't know which organization is at their school. It's one of the student organizations. But they first do like a winter coat drive and winter mm. clothing drive. And that, and then they do like a prom dress drive mm-hmm. at the end of the year and a tuxedo. So that, That's nice. And it's really nice because my daughter's school is not a wealthy school by any means. Um, but they feel like because they're in a specialized school, like they just feel like they have this advantage. And so mm-hmm. they can partner with this school where mm-hmm. they, there's even a higher, you know, reduced and free lunch rate. And again, though, I went through the closets. Like, I found all the coats mm-hmm. and all the things. Right. You're the and one who did it. daughter had just schlepped it all in. Um, but they never meet the kids, which mm, is so funny because right. they're, like, half hour away from each other. <laughs> like, it's really weird. Oh, that's unfortunate. When my kid, when my daughter's school did a can drive, I made her take the cans in on the public bus. That was that was her participation. She's like, "Can you drive me with the cans?" I'm like, nope. You can take a bag of cans every day for a week. That's that's how you're participating. Right, it's weird. I also find it's a little difficult. I remember my mom. You know, I went to her apartment one day, and she had all this stuff spread out. You know, you get the 
the mailing address labels mm-hmm. and the notepads and all the stuff. Calendars. Cal- yeah. All the stuff that they send you, like, please send money. And she said, I really want to support a veterans foundation. I really want to give money to vets. But I don't know which one gives them money. You know, mm-hmm. I don't know which one isn't going to take the money. Um, I think at the time there was something going on. Maybe it was the Red Cross. Just about how much money yeah. actually went to who you thought you were giving it to. Right. And I think for older people, it's a it's difficult to sit down and look at this is where my money would be best spent. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that the same thing that you want a tangible. Here's where it's going. Mm-hmm. Here's well, charity how it's navigator, right? Charity navigator say. and GuideStar mm-hmm. are both. You can see the the rating of the charity. You can see how much goes to overhead. That's great. Um, so you so see we how many gets that. into the pocket. You'll be shocked. Yeah. You'll be shocked at how yeah. much the CEO of the Red Cross makes. You'll <laughs> be stunned. Not that it's not a great organization, but like, whoa! Yeah. Um, when they make more than the president of the United States, you're like, that seems really weird. Um, so one of the things they talked about in here is a website called youthgiving.org, which um, was about time and talent and how you can donate your your time and your talent, especially there was a whole program for like older adults who mm-hmm. need, you know, who are lonely and sometimes time is more valuable than, than money um, for certain organizations. And then Love Hallie, which is an organization here in the U.S., um, in New York, that is all about empowering kids mm. to make a difference. So they have tons of resources on their site on lovehally.org, um, all about how kids can do good primarily for other kids, which is really great. And they're actually opening um, like an interactive physical place in New York City in the next year that'll be dedicated to showing kids how they can make a difference and how they can I, it, get hands on. I've not heard of that at all. Yeah, so we should post the link. Yeah. Yeah. If they have a really great, sad, but great backstory mm-hmm. and everything. But I mean, the tangible focus. is so important. Like, you know, I had to do research a while back for um, those trips that a lot of college students take where you're like building a dam or something like that. And a lot of people look down on them because it's not doing a great deal of good for... Right, you're in and out. Right, you're in and out. You're probably not contributing a lot of skills to the project. But on the other side, I found um, lasting things for, for for the people who had gone. Like, it affected them in a way that made them do this stuff for the rest of their life. Right. You know, not just like donate some money and forget about it like my kids are so i i don't know i just feel like anytime you can get your hands on even if it's not the most effective way to help it might be the most effective way to affect you that's true and i I think habitat for humanity is a great example of that because they are really good at matching people with actually skills they can do it's not like you're just going to go put in two nails and then pose with like the people you're there with and be like woohoo here i am helping um but they're friends who take like long weekends and don't go volunteer their time and build Hmm. a house yeah. Right. Yeah, you can do that. That's an, and I think that's a really good point, Amy, because a lot of people look at those as just kids wanting to put stuff on their college application. Right. Mm-hmm. So I would say to your kid, this ain't going on your college application. Like <laughs> seriously, like you're going to do this because you want to do this. And like colleges will say, like the second they see that, mm-hmm. they just think privilege. Really? Yep. Yeah. They right. Hate because them. their parents could afford to pay to yeah, send yeah. them to Ecuador and give them Spanish lessons and let right. them do that instead of get a job. Or how about tutor a kid in your neighborhood? Yeah. Like if you were so into service, then why did you have to go get sent? to Costa Rica where you did right. service in the morning and surfed all afternoon. Like my niece did. She did a program, but she also, I mean, she lived in, in um, 
Short Hills, and she she tutored Newark kids. You know, right. she was on the tennis team, so that was her skill. So she gave tennis lessons and tutored you know Newark right. kids in tennis, which was I think more fulfilling and yeah. rewarding because she was able to see the outcome of right. what she was doing. And you have doing. a regular, real relationship. It's not just like I'm in, I'm out, mm-hmm. um, and my parents paid for me to have this privilege, I guess. Um, so it's an interesting, it's definitely interesting. Um, yeah, I heard about that all the time. Like, my daughter's in Thailand working with the elephants. I'm like, your daughter's in Thailand in Thailand for the summer, and right. she's spraying elephants down, and it's lovely because she loves elephants, but like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so anyway, <laughs> those are our wrap-ups. So <laughs> let us know if you take your kids to a march or a counter-march or wh- whatever. Let us know how your kids volunteer, if you volunteer as a family anywhere. Um, or a few of other resources. I think we could share some more resources on our mm-hmm. on our website. Um, but we'll list everything we talked about today. And we will be right back with our Bites of the Week. Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it. You're listening to Parenting Bites with Rebecca Levy. We are back with our Bites of the Week, and as always, Amy is first. Okay, so this is so silly, but it's made me so happy. Um, (laughs) I have these little things in front of me that my co-hosts are laughing at. They're called Tech Tacos, and (laughs) I have tried every... Can I eat it? No, you don't want to eat it. I have tried every different way to organize cords in my purse. Um, I'm sure you guys have gotten those those like boards with the bungees oh, on them. The They're oh. so I ridiculous. I don't understand. I don't them. get those either. Those don't work. I've tried the little rubber ones where you wrap the cord around. Those are just they take forever. I've been using the Tech Tacos for yeah, about two awesome. months now, and I love them. We have to describe it. It literally looks like a taco. It looks, it's like, like, a it taco, looks like, it's like a pattern. Yeah, it's, they're cute. They, they come in different patterns. Is it a button they're, or a snap? It's a snap. They're little okay. little fabric um, circles that you snap your cords into and snap it shut. This and is I've, totally the kind of thing you could make yourself yeah, you, if you were crafty. You could. Oh, but, two seconds. But I wouldn't. No, I, I wouldn't either. But <laughs> so it was like, we'll link to where you can buy them. But, but you yeah, you totally could. Make those. You really could. That could be a great fundraising idea for raising money. Oh, you could sell them. Um, I'll suggest that to Fiona, who wants to raise $50,000 to build a well somewhere. Um, she'd have to sell a lot of these. Um, so, yeah, it's such a simple thing. They're not expensive. They, I've never had one come open in my bag. And, and they look pretty. They've got different patterns. Some yeah, are stripes. Some cute. are checks. Yep. No, I and they come, in, they come in more colorful patterns, too. I just Tech happen to tacos. get all black and white Do ones. they come in purple? I, I don't know if they have, like, all. I'll have uh. to look. That so beats my Ziploc bag. Yeah. <laughs> just always use That's what bag. I used to do. But yeah. You can put these in a Ziploc bag. Right. They'll still I would stay probably nice still organize them in a Ziploc bag. Everything has to go in a All right. Ziploc Tech bag. tacos. And how, how much are they? Oh, that would have been good information to have with me. <laughs> like, I just remember they weren't expensive. Okay. Like, like, I think I got six for like $15. That's okay. Yeah. Sure. That makes with sense. the whole family. Um, okay. So I was away before Christmas. Um, and I... I had this great experience. You know, Matthew came to visit. And um, he was with us for a few days. And, you know, when your kids get older, the time you spend bonding with them, you know, it changes. You do different things. But I do remember when he was younger and living home that we really enjoyed playing video games together. He was a big video game kid. And um, and I liked sitting down and playing a game and learning how to, you know, do Madden football and having him teach me. So he came home for the holidays 
And I had in my possession, in my living room, a brand spanking new PS4 Slim mm. and a PSVR. And I have to tell you, it was some of the most fun we oh, have had no. together. <laughs> and so, you know, the the Entertainment Software Association says 62% of parents actually play video games with their kids at least once a week, which I think is really cool because it's it's like doing what they like to do being on their level, and it's enjoyable. So the PS4 Slim, first of all, I don't know you know, if you guys are gamers, but we've had PS4s and Xboxes and everything. This thing is so little and so slim and so light, and it just fit right perfectly on my bookshelf. And the PSVR was great because, of course, I needed help setting it up, but Matt in 10 minutes was able to set it all up. You just hook the VR into the PS4, so it's very seamless. Unlike some of the other mm-hmm. VR things that you and I saw at CES, mm-hmm. they're crazy, big, huge yeah. things and have their own um, power. So this was all cool because it was seamless. You use the PS4 processor. but So I played virtual reality video games, and it was fun. <laughs> and and I was I was really worried about being so nauseous. nauseous. That's what I was going to say. I was really worried Um there's this kind of underworld exploratory game that I guess is for beginners, and that's what I did, where you go down in a shark tank. And I was very, you know, I wanted to make sure I had a chair to right. steady myself <laughs> right. to hold on to. And I looked kind of side to side very carefully. But remember at CES, they had those relief bands for people right. who play VR in case they get That's nauseous. That's hilarious. Um, Matt played this awesome game, I wrote it down, called London Heist, where he he literally, you know, you're holding the PS4 controllers, the move controllers, and then when you want to make a gun in the game, you have to take the, the magazine and put it into the mm. gun and put your hands together. It was really cool, and that did not make me nauseous. It was It was like playing a video game being in the video right. game. Hmm. It was it was very cool. So my bite of the week is y'all need to go check out PSVR. <laughs> <laughs> you need to try VR once at least. Oh yeah. yeah. Cool. Yeah. I wonder if like Best Buy has or GameStop they have, has something yeah, set you up, can, right? You can play it, you can try yeah. it. And then, you know, get a play they're so thin. They're like two ninety nine now for the PS4 Slim and it also includes apps. So you can do your Netflix, your Hulu, your Amazon. Mm. You don't need a separate Roku box. So you know, it's a way to do home entertainment too. Right. Which so. is good because now I use my Xbox as a DVD player. Yeah. It's pathetic. Literally, <laughs> it's a but, DVD player. But why not? Yeah. I mean, right. you can stream your music, you can do Spotify. Yeah. So that's my bite. That's what I my loved Alexa's it. You for. all need to try it out. <laughs> um, all right. So, my bite of the week is. I was going to ask if you guys have seen it, but I know you haven't seen it because you never watch any TV until I tell you what to watch. Oh. Um, the new One Day at a Time. No. Netflix. I've heard good oh, things. Oh, my God. So, okay. So, first of all, if you haven't heard that this is happening, um, Norman Lear is the executive producer, and he's like 94. Oh, my God. Sharp as a tack. <laughs> if you can listen to any interviews with him, you should. Um, and he, it's a completely reimagined One Day at a Time. So, it's a Cuban-American family. The mom is first generation. Rita Moreno plays the grandmother wow. who lives with her. Who like talk about life goals, man? Rita Moreno. If I could look like her at sixty, I'd oh. be happy. I can't even. I don't even know how old she's got to be. Eighty. She has to be. Um. Oh my God, is she fabulous? So you have to like slow your brain a little bit when you watch it because you are so used to blackish and fresh off the boat and only single fam- single camera sitcoms now where it looks like film, right? There's no live set. There's no, this is a throwback. It is old fashioned sitcom 
on a laugh set. track. Not a laugh track, okay. a live audience. Nice. Um, and it has that pacing. It's different. But because it's on Netflix, it's not 22 minutes. Mm-hmm. So there's no like fake commercial break places. Ah. There's no, it's a full like 30, 32 minutes. Well, it's like they're um, doing a play. Wow. It, it is like a play. And it's so good because it's one day at a time. It's single mom. She's also a veteran um, and also an immigrant family because she's Cuban American. It's so, so good. Totally and then they kept Schneider. <laughs> Which is who's, who's now? I don't know who he is, but he's a total hipster. Like they made him like a hipster oh. with the beer. I mean, it's so funny. But you have to like stick with like. There's definitely like corny jokes. Like it's very old timey in its um, like ethos, like in its yeah. core, mm-hmm. but really smart and really good. Um, so if you like, you got to like let yourself ease into it. I love when we get TV lobby, recommendations. Like, oh and they kept the theme song. So, <gasps> oh, that's great. But they updated it. But it's the theme song and. I was singing it, of course, like all weekend before we watched it. And my husband was like, oh, my God, what are you doing? And then, and then when it played, because I didn't know they kept the theme song, I'm like, oh, my God, they kept the theme um, So it's really, really good. I highly recommend it. It's totally a show you can watch with your kids. Like, it's it's just like watching Blackish or Fresh Off the Boat or any of those great family sitcoms that are on now. So along those lines, if you did not see the episode of Blackish last week that deals with Trump winning mm. the presidency, and it's one of the best like half hours of television this year you have to watch it it is so good it is so well done somebody else said that to me as well it's so it's really like a remarkable so last half week's hour episode we'll have yeah. to look up the last date. week so it's before i figured out the mlk how to use weekend my on demand. um yeah <laughs> i can't remember what it's called but you'll see if you look on your on demand if you scroll through you'll see it or if you look online what is abc on hulu i don't even remember what abc's on online when it streams maybe just on abc.com um but Watch it. Watch it with your family. It's so it captures so many feelings um, of this entire country. Like not just anti-Trump, not just one but side. No, not okay. just one side. Maybe a little more one side than the other. <laughs> um, but all of it, like just really, really well done, um, and generationally really well done. Like hmm. the kids' point of view versus the parents' point of view, and all that is really good too. So those are my recommendations. TV, always TV. And Tracy Ellis Ross just won a Golden Globe. Didn't she, she did yes. finally. So she's she's so good, um, and she looked so amazing. Mm-hmm. Oh my god! I was kind of always hoping though, like, where's her mom? Why does her mom come to anything? <laughs> Do you not know Diana Ross is Diana her mom? Ross is her Are mother. You <laughs> what? Amy's like, who cares about her mom? <laughs> I had no idea. Yeah. Wow. Even I know that, and I don't watch television. Okay. <laughs> I had no. I see. This is what happens when you let your us weekly subscription lapse for 15 years that's that's what happens she probably doesn't want to steal the spotlight from her I, she hasn't really been out period like where is she mm. Mm, that's true. <laughs> where's diana ross damn it all those old men are trotting around the stage like you know she looks good like where is she um all right that's our show for this huh. week you can find everything we talked about on Facebook.com slash Parenting Bites and, of course, on ParentingBites.com where we will have links to many of the things we talked about today. And you can find us on iTunes, Parenting Bites, rate, review, subscribe. That's how we get found. Share us. I like to be shared. Share. <laughs> Share us. And on Play.it where you can find Parenting Bites and all the CBS podcasts. Until next week. Happy. Oh, we have a good Bye. one next week, right? 
We're gonna have a good show next week. What's it's, next week? Um, is next week robots? Oh, robots! Yeah, Avram Avram um, Pilch is gonna come on while I'm basking. Stay in the sun. tuned next week. We're talking gonna talk about, about the robot overlords <laughs> <laughs> and your children. I'm so ready for the robot overlords. All right, until next week. Bye. <laughs>